Hey, what's up everybody? This is Marcus Lewis and this is episode 12 of the Ask a Jazz Dude show where Jeff Shirley comes through. All right. Hey, everybody. This is episode 12 of the Ask a Jazz Dude show uh, with jazz guitarist Jeff Shirley. He's got a new record out. Uh, so, Jeff, for the people that don't know who you are, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me, Marcus. This, yeah. is, uh, this is amazing. This is so cool. I mean, I've been on the radio before just for a little bit, but live streaming video this is a real thrill a real thrill <laughs> awesome um, you're like the joe rogan of, pop, of jazz <laughs> you're the joe I'll rogan of jazz <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll quote that <laughs> but um i'm a jazz guitarist from kansas city and uh, uh i just released a new album and um i i'm uh got a gig at the black dolphin coming up april 13th so i've i'm just a, a jazz teacher and performer and composer all right so you're originally from kansas city uh, liberty missouri. liberty okay yep. liberty missouri cool and so you mentioned that uh you teach um so do you teach privately or you teach at a university i teach privately and i teach uh at a university i'm an adjunct guitar teacher at ottawa university okay cool cool very cool so let's talk a little bit about your your upbringing and how you actually got into jazz. You know, because usually most of us we we have a love of music, but then we find jazz a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So how was it for you? Um, yeah, I I loved listening to my my dad's you know record collection and you know everything from Michael Jackson to Stevie Wonder and uh, um, you know the 80s music a lot of 80s music and um got fell in love with guitar and was doing fingerstyle and oh, okay, classical cool. pop had a really good guitar teacher larry beekman and then um i decided to go out for jazz band in 10th grade and i just really loved it i had a our jazz band teacher was danny watchering and he was a drummer and uh and uh, so started to improvise really loved it checked out a few um cds from the library like art blakey um joe yeah. joe pass and uh you know i just i really liked it and uh loved improvising loved the thrill of improvising and, and the creative outlet so yeah very cool i just want to take a second to give a couple shout outs to some people who are watching on facebook uh live here bill sundahl always watching He's the man, Sam Wiseman. Uh, ben Turvert is watching. Great young bass player here in KC, who's actually from Liberty yes. too. So yes, I go. got to play with his brother a lot, Adam, growing up. And oh yeah. Yes. What does his brother play? I don't bass. Know. Oh, okay, cool. Wow. Runs in the family. Awesome. So, <clears throat> so you went to school uh, undergrad at North Texas, right? 
Yes, did a little bit at CMSU with David Aberg, and then I got in my head that I wanted uh, to be around like a twenty guitarist. Or I just wanted wanted the, uh, the the thrill of that competition, and um, went down there. They even had a guitar big band. That was one of the thrills being down there. What? So when I first get down there. <laughs> And and Braylon was a bass player, and he's with Erica Badu now. But um, you know, great Dallas um, art scene, and uh, so there would be like you know, it was a whole big band, but every instrument was guitar. So you'd have four, you know, trumpet guitars, you know, four guitars playing tr- the trumpet parts, four guitars playing the trombone parts. You know, so it was um, really. I wonder yeah. what that sounded like. If it's dialed in, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah we had some great guitarists in there. So with uh, Fred Hamilton teaching out there. So, very cool. Um, so, <clears throat> North Texas, like, what was the? Because that's like you know one of the best jazz schools in the country. Um, and what was that like? What was the environment there like? It was. Uh, you're a, you know you're about thirty five minutes away from Dallas, so mm-hmm. you're a little bit removed from downtown Dallas. So uh, that's one thing. So you're in a kind of a. Uh, closed off area just you know 35 minutes away and you can kind of just workshop things just a lot of people coming in you know artists in residency just like they do at all the jazz, great jazz schools um we'd have bob brookmeyer coming in maria schneider wow sam rivers and uh, so it was fun when when people like that would come in to town very cool i'm moving that logo off of my head there <laughs> all right so, oh, we got a we got a question coming in here for you from Bill Sundahl. Uh, can Jeff talk about the pros and cons of learning within a university environment versus just studying with a private teacher um, that's not at a university? Mm-hmm. Great question, Bill. Pros and cons. Yeah, it, I guess it depends on where you're at. Um, but I think if you're at a university where you're getting a lot of playing experience, you're playing in front of people a lot, you're maybe even getting some of your own gigs. Um, I think that that can be huge. You know, just get those get those experiences of playing in front of people. Just do that as much as possible and get your practice time in. You know, if you can if you can really be dedicated to it, it's great. You know, if you're if you can't be completely dedicated to it, maybe that's you might want to just study privately at that point. But I think if you're really wanting to dive in deep, um, you can you can that's a time to do it in the in the education system if it's you know with some really great teachers and there's some great ones around here for sure oh yeah and it's just the the education uh you know thing with university you also make a lot of great connections as far as like people who are trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do um is valuable i think um you know a lot of musicians that i went to college with i still perform with today you know yes those uh connections are everlasting you know so it's, it's really yeah. good to like you know go through that development with someone you know someone or a group of people um and ironically some of the b- best jazz bands that are out now with young people are the guys that went to school together or either grew up together you know talking about houston like glasper all those guys that came out of there uh all those guys that came out of uh uh, California, you know, like Ambrose and uh, Walter Smith, Justin Brown, you know, they have band because they've played together for years, you know. Yeah, um, doing it for fun. Yep. Just yeah, enjoying it. Yep. So if you're watching, guys, uh, just uh, be sure to share this post or like it, 
uh, send in some questions just so we can get some interaction. The more interaction we have, the more people Facebook will show it to. So um, we greatly appreciate that. Um, you said something that, that struck me uh, about competition. I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like that's kind of gone away from like jazz a little bit. Like you know how like back in the day, like you know, like say Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan are at a jam session. It's kind of like a cutting, oh, yeah. you know, thing. Like <laughs> I don't really see that uh, anymore. Like you know, there's bad competition, then there's good friendly competition, and I feel like a lot of those were you know good friendly uh, competition. So uh, what do you think about that as, like, mm -hmm. as far as the jazz scene and like competition? I think I just had to know in my head for some reason where I stacked up or, or something. I don't know. But I think the main thing for uh, musicians is you're only in competition with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I think once you realize that, it opens a lot of things up. And so compete with yourself. And that's really all that matters. Everyone's doing their own thing, and it may take a long time to learn that, right. but just keep on your path and, you know, keep the people around you that you really enjoy and, um, you know, push yourself, you know, because no one else is is always going to do it. You know, that's one thing about being in school. You Some forces helping push you a little bit, but even when you get out, you have to push, continue that push. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, if you're just tuning in, this is jazz guitarist Jeff Shirley. Uh, you can find him on um, social media at uh, Jeff Shirley Jazz or either Jeff Shirley. Uh, so I put that down there so you can see that and follow him. All right, so we're talking about, uh, well, we're going to get into his album a little bit later. I want to save that uh, a little bit later. But we're talking about his upbringing, jazz guitar, and KC jazz scene. Um, so we're just kind of figuring out his story right now. So, <clears throat> and ironically, point of the story is the name you. of your record. Thank you. <laughs> so, so you went to uh, North Texas, graduated, and then what was next after that? And then I, uh, you know, I moved back to Kansas City. I knew how fruitful the jazz environment was and was becoming. And, you know, I, I thought that would be a lot of fun. So I came back. I kind of got a normal job, and I just slowly kind of started to integrate myself uh, into the scene as much as I could. I didn't necessarily have a ton of confidence when I first came out of school. You know, I, I, did, I got my playing in in school, but I wasn't necessarily as confident as some people might have been coming out of school. So I was still developing some confidence, and I was also interested in trying to, like, mix um, jazz with electronic music because we all have computers and right. and you were starting right. to be able to get into software synths at that time and, and other things so I was like I'm going to combine jazz with electronic music so I spent a lot of time kind of studying that and and growing a little bit and eventually just started to you know sit in more and more and started to get my own gigs and the ball really started to roll and um, and then by the time I, and then I started teaching and more right. about uh, six years ago, and then that started to really uh, help the ball rolling. And just you know, having a certain amount of gigs per month, no matter what it was, it didn't always have to be in my my passion. I love playing my passion projects, but it didn't always have to be completely a passion project. You know, just playing five times a month or more, or you know, it just helped my chops build. As I was teaching, the more I started to teach, the more I. I was enjoying the whole process. I was enjoying being a student and and everything. And uh, so, yeah, just kind of kept the ball rolling. 
That's uh, great. Just want to say what's up to Mitch Town watching from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Great organ player, good guy. Uh, Mitch uh, and I play together quite a bit, and he starts. He has been playing at the Green Lady quite a bit uh, lately. Um, cool. So good to see you on here, Mitch. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Shirley. Um, you said something about the process, and it's like I think that's super important. It took me a long time to figure that out. You know, like you're always trying to like, man, I have to learn this, I have to do that. But like, just like sitting back and enjoying the process is like super important, I think, because like that's the, if you can just enjoy the process of trying to get where you're trying to get, then like you've already won. Like it's like, once you just like, man, the process is great to my goal, like that, I feel like stuff starts to shift you know mm -hmm. when you get that mindset so i really resonated with that i was that was cool all right <laughs> always looking for a good guitarist yeah you guys should link up uh yeah jeff is killing i've been enjoying his uh music it's funny the first two that i because i was trying to uh put the music on for the show and the two that you sent me were the first two that i did and then i was like man it's just gonna download the whole record but uh yeah uh, really cool tunes. I like your writing. Definitely fan of odd meter stuff. Because um, Boysenberry is in seven, right? Yes. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into that. All right. So you got back to the uh, KC jazz scene. What year was that? If you don't mind me asking. Um, when I first uh, when I first like started to get like play more or when I first came back like from uh, really after North after, Texas yeah what year was that that was uh, around 2005 okay 2005 so what was the KC jazz scene like when you came back yeah. 2005 like were there clubs like were there's was there a lot of creative stuff going on was it more standard bait like what was going on there like, was a there was clubs uh, Jardines and okay. this is before Green Lady and Black Dolphin uh, at the foundation, of course, was was kicking it, and that I would always try to go to foundation. I would learn a lot by going to the foundation right. um, and the Blue Room jams and Phoenix jams, and uh, you know, uh, like I said, I was still developing a little bit of confidence, and and you know, I wasn't necessarily as hungry as I became later, and I was like, I'd been going to school all my life, and so I was I was kind of like. I'm just going to get a job and, and I'm going to do the things that I enjoy. And, and I was really focusing on that. And, uh, you know, but of course, uh, Mark, Mark Lowry was, was playing around town a lot. And, uh, and, and Herman Mahari and, and those guys were starting to emerge. To emerge. Yeah. yeah. And so it all kind of, uh, happened at, at a great time. It all kind of aligned in a really cool way. So mm, very cool. Just a couple more shout outs. People are, Coming in and out of the room, I see. Uh, we got Mike Herrera, great alto player. Um, plays in my big band a lot. And yes. uh, Lawrence Jackson, what's up? Great trumpet player, Mr. High C. You can find him on uh, social media and all that stuff. It's a great uh, social media handle. <laughs> all right. So we're going to uh, get into uh, the album here, which is uh, Jeff's got a new release. He released it. March 30th yes. is the official release release date, uh, so it's cool, and it's called uh, Point of the Story, and you have on the record, uh, of course, your 
composer, band leader, guitarist, Roger Wilder, piano and Rhodes, Bob Bowman on double bass, Matt Leifer on drums, and then uh, Ryan Thielman on flugelhorns on tracks 1, 3, and 12. Um, so the first tune that I, I'd like to play, and uh, you can set this up and talk about, I'm always interested in like the compositional pr being a composer. Like, how do people compose? Like, because we all do mm -hmm. it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. There's some similarities. So before you tell us about Boysenberry, what is your compositional process most times? Um, I think it depends. Uh, I like a number of approaches. Whenever I'm practicing guitar, or if I get an idea just driving in the car, I will record it on my phone. Mm. So I end up with a lot of these ideas, and that's, that's one approach. Sometimes I like to just sit down and write a song whether it's with the guitar or maybe even the piano, but just to sit down and write a song. So sometimes I'll try to like go through periods. Maybe I have a, a few days off or something. I'll go, I'll try to do like write a song a day or something just as an, an exercise, if nothing else. So maybe mm -hmm. for a week or two, I'll try to write a song a day and that kind of gets my writing chops up a little bit and just working on certain things that I'm interested in working on or uh, elevating my playing. And uh, so going through all those voice recordings um, can be a overwhelming task sometimes, but um, that can pay off. Yeah, I um, do the same thing, man. <laughs> I've got like hundreds of, you know, me doing yeah. some... Da, 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 like you if know, you're whatever. ever on a plane, like, and you have a few hours, just like sit there. And, like, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. maybe, yes. And um, on Boysenberry, it's, it's a track. I'll even sometimes, you know, maybe work with a four-track recorder or a digital audio workstation and just, you know, hearing hearing things, seeing what works together, and then I'll put it all into finale eventually or, right. or notate it. And uh, on Boysenberry, it's one of the songs that I wrote the longest ago. It was probably written a couple, um, a year or two before most of the other songs on oh, the okay. album. But okay. I think it still remains one of the f fresher tunes. Yeah, I like it. It's got the, like, kind of vamp chord progression you know with the common common tone in it that I like that's a, a device that I like to use a lot because um, you can make you know chords that might not sound as related more related because of the the common pitch yes. you know what I mean yes. um, so yeah uh, so what what is what is the tune about when I think boysenberry I think like boysenberry sherbert like you know what I mean like that sounds good yeah like uh, uh, what is it uh, Baskin Robbins used to always have that oh, flavor. Oh, yeah. So I used to always, when I was younger, go to there and get <laughs> some flavors. Shit. So, yeah, so that's what I've, I always think about. But uh, tell us a little bit about the tune. Um, it's uh, it's a tune in 7 4, like you mentioned. Mm. Boysenberry is a combination of four fruits and uh, just a very sweet fruit. And um, it's got some different sections in it. It's kind of a linear tune. Um, a lot of the tunes might have. Uh, simpler forms on this album, but this one is more linear uh, mm. and and through composed. So yeah, I like the through composed. I think like I wish more you know jazz musicians would uh, take that approach. Uh, in particular, um, you know, just like the whole A A B A, like repeat, rinse and repeat. You know that's cool, but like you know, as a composer and writer, I think it's it's cool to like take the listener on a journey. You know, a little bit. And then you can, like, if you're playing, if you have in mind, like, I'm sure you had, you know, these guys in mind for the record, and it's like you can start to write different sections for a particular person, which is always fun. 
you know. Yes. Um, to have a group in mind while you're riding does help a lot. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. So check this out. This is uh, hot off the presses since uh, March 30th, and this is uh, Jeff Shirley's tune, Boysenberry.
All right, we're back. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Boysenberry from Jeff Shirley on his new release, Point of the Story. So, um, you know, you talked. To, we talked about the tune being in 7-4 through Composed. Um, one of my big influences is uh, Dave Holland um, as far as, like, you know, composition, form. Um, he's a master at, like, counter melody, melody. Um, so, like, who are some of your influences uh, on the guitar and then just mm -hmm. in general? I love Dave Holland, uh, Extensions album, mm. Robin Eubanks, amazing. Mm. And um, I've been listening to some, I like to listen to, like, one thing over and over. I tend to do that. Like, you know, I have my favorites, and, and when I find something I like, I like to really wear it out. But uh, as I was making the album or if I'm doing some stuff, I've been listening to a lot of Wayne Short don't like you know I, I there's something special about that sometimes about like i think you know there's not a lot of people that have found this album or you know this this is a little um this is very original um also wayne shorter um without a net just from a few years oh, ago yeah. i was listening it's to that a lot. we lost our we're back we're connected again okay we lost our i was just mentioning the wayne shorter without a net album and um when you listen to that album and what Wayne's doing on that. And imagine trying to like compose that. I actually got to see that manuscript one time at one of his concerts. Um, I was there with uh, Nate Nall and saw Jeff Harshbarger there and Mike Stover. And we got to to meet John Patitucci there. And uh, wow! And that music, the way Wayne plays on that is just uh, so flurries and fleeting and just like, you know, it's 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 a different kind of jazz that I'm used to hearing sometimes and I love that kind of thing where a master you know that's been around for so long and how he's approaching jazz just as impressionist art right kind of um, Jackson Pollock even but um, love that you know the Herbie Hancock electric stuff even future to future just some off the top of my head oh um, future future is great yeah. Yeah, yeah as far as guitarists you know John Abercrombie and Pat Metheny and uh, Bill Frizzell. When I saw Bill Frizzell at Nelson Atkins wow. Museum, oh man, so good. Nothing like a good show to really uh, ignite your fires, too. You know, we got to make sure to get out and see people, see the music, listen to the music that's going on. For I sure. tend to stay home sometimes too much, and like I'm going to stay home and practice or compose, or but you know, get out, get out a night or two a week. That's a good idea. So, guys, if you're just tuning in, uh, I see Stephen Martin, great tender saxophone player, is tuning in. Good to see you on here, Steve. Uh, so this is uh, Jeff Shirley, uh, great jazz guitarist here in KC. You can find him on so socials at Jeff Shirley. Also, um, let me put his website up here so you can see that. Uh, you can find him at jeffshirley.net. Bring that down there so you can see that. Um, so we were kind of talking a little bit uh, while your song was playing. Uh, we were talking about the importance of social media and where it's going. And um, uh, what what do you think about that? And who are some of your uh, favorite people that you follow on social media? Oh yes, social media is a you know in addition to as musicians, in addition to performing, going out and seeing other people perform, composing, practicing. You know, there's just a lot of, st you know, laundry, cleaning the house. There's so many things, but also social media is, is so important. Um, Instagram and 
Facebook and, and YouTube. And sometimes it feels like there's no one out there, but you just keep doing it, you know, and eventually the small, a small, uh, a small spark can ignite a forest fire sometimes. Yeah, it's, man, it's, you know, that's so true. It's like uh, you have to just keep doing the content and the material and putting it out there because what what's going to happen is it, all it takes is one piece of really great content that uh, can really catch on, and then all of those people are going to go back and watch your older content. So it's like I think for a lot of people, especially jazz musicians, you shouldn't get discouraged because two people watched your video or if you know, like some people are complaining, oh man, it's only got like a thousand likes. And it's like, no, that's really awesome that like a thousand people liked what you did. Like, you know, don't, uh, you know, it's not so much about that. It's just about uh, bringing value to people and uh, putting the content out there. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So and if you feel that way, double down and uh, post it some places you may not think about, you know, on people's, other people's Facebook pages. And just double down and try to devote, you know, 30 minutes, I would say, to a day, you know, to an hour or, or maybe just, you know, a couple hours once a week, however you want to want to do it. But one uh, social um, media person I follow a little bit is Adam Neely on YouTube. Have you seen his stuff? No, not much? yet. Not yet. I'll he's just, check he's him a really out. smart guy. There's some of these, you know, genius real geniuses you can find out there and um, he's going through some things I just find interesting some people may not but he has a video called the Coltrane Fractal and he takes like the first eight bars of the Giant Steps solo and he shows you how he takes it in a music program and he s smashes it together and he knows how to speed it up and and put like thousands of them right together to where you start to hear it again like you start to hear the slow solo and then you hear it fast. It's just a way of, of um, taking apart music and shrinking it and then putting a bunch of them together. And then you hear the whole again somehow. It's just he's doing some some sort of weird math. He also gets into, you know, Lydian chromatic um, concept. Oh, yeah, the George Russell. Yes. Uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting yeah. <laughs> book yeah. and, and approach. Yeah. But he has lots of interesting videos and uh, – I always get pretty amazed when I watch some of his stuff, Adam Neely. Adam Neely, yeah, I'll definitely uh, check that out. That sounds uh, really interesting. <laughs> it's like, man, the, the fractal stuff, you know, like I didn't even know like what that was until, you know, a couple of years ago. It's really interesting. All right, so uh, Chad Stoner is watching. If you're tuning in, guys, tell us where you're watching from so we'll know. Uh, please like and share this feed that would be awesome for us to get a little engagement and you know that's what this show is really all about it's about uh just us engaging with people and uh you know we don't always have to talk about music i mean typically the people that we bring on are musicians but we don't have to talk about music we can talk about uh anything so oh here's uh jeff shirley and he's got a new album out it's called Point of the story. So let's talk a little bit about why you chose that title uh, for your album. Yeah, I thought it was a it's, it's a little expression that we've all heard when someone says, you know, someone's trying to tell a story, and they might say the point of the story is is this, and they might try to condense everything down into one small sentence. But I thought it was a 
expression that maybe hadn't been seen on its own like that when you take something just an expression and remove it from its normal context it allows you to think about it in a different way and i just think the listener could interpret it a little bit in their own way um there's multiple meanings possibly but yeah i just i think uh you know the point it's just me trying to condense what i'm trying to say that's that's the main thing right and uh and just thinking about the point of stories and just uh, thinking about storytellers and what makes a great storyteller i think uh, there's something about a great storyteller that is is hard to to capture hard to um you know what makes a great storyteller yeah and, it, and how's that developed it always seems like storytellers it's like a natural it's like a natural thing like some people can like work at that but it's just like there's like a person that can really like captivate you or like um, I did this show in Atlanta when I lived in Atlanta. I used to always uh, there's a great theater there, the Fox Theater, and uh, so whenever an act would come through, a lot of times I would get a call to like play. You know, like if Aretha Franklin came through or whatever, and she wasn't traveling with like you know, she was traveling with a rhythm section, but like horns, you know. So there was this one time we were doing this Quincy Jones uh, tribute, and uh, the lady's name now is leaving me, but she came out to sing and like immediately just like you know she had everyone in the room's attention before she even said a word and then she started talking and like it really drew people in and I think that's like I always wondered like is being a storyteller like something you can work really work on and get better Mm -hmm. or is it something of course you can get better but like is it you know I think it's one of those natural things, like you have yeah. it or you don't. I don't know. How do you feel about that? And you have to have maybe a lot of life experiences to be a great storyteller, you know? Yeah. Uh, a little kid can't really be a great storyteller. There's no life there's no life experience there. Yeah. It's like my dad is super, he's super quiet, but, like, when family's around and he's telling stories, like, it's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like, everybody's into it, you know? Great. So, anyway, sorry to get off topic there, but, uh... So, point of the story, um, let's listen to another track. Um, so, we'll set this one up. And this one is called, I think, uh, Clear as Day. Sorry. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about that. Clear as Day is a, um, it's kind of a fun tune uh, to play over. Um, it's just a, uh, it's got some swing. It's got some Latin. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got uh, some piano. Um, you know, I used piano, and we used piano in Rhodes a little bit. Right. This one has piano. It's a little bit more of a traditional sound. Mm. Yeah, Roger's solo. Well, you're, you, all the solos are great. Roger has a great solo on this. Yeah. What's up, Clint Ashlock? Uh, Clint Ashlock will be our guest next week. So uh, tune in to see him. He's a great trumpet player, uh, arranger. Uh, he runs the Kansas City Jazz Orchestra and also his uh, – own big band new jazz order uh so check clint ashlock out Uh, great player great arranger all right so the tune we're going to play is clear as day if you're just tuning in this is jeff shirley you can find him at jeff shirley jazz or his website jeffshirley.net so check him out and uh you can find out about him and what he's doing and where he's playing uh he he posts up where he's playing pretty regularly so you can see that But here is Clear as Day. Maybe.
All right, we are back. This is Jeff Shirley. You can find him at jeffshirley.net or on social medias at Jeff Shirley or Jeff Shirley Jazz. So we're talking about uh, a little bit during the break here about Jeff's love of teaching. He said he really wants to like help uh, a lot of people in any way that he can. Um, he really, truly enjoys teaching. Um, so talk a little bit about that and then tell them how they could get in touch with you as far as uh, studying with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think um, as a jazz musician, I just I love talking about jazz. I love helping the younger generations, and uh, you know, um, I love watching great teachers. Like when I watch uh, Sonny Rollins talk or listen to Sonny Rollins, I love listening to him, what he's got to say, and um, just the ability to work with people and not just guitarists obviously I work with a lot of guitarists and that's fun but I love working with with all instruments and um, and uh, I teach a little bit at uh, I teach in Olathe and Lenexa and uh, and we do uh, we do some some camps out there we do some jazz camps and some homeschool programs and uh, but yeah I just I love it cool all right what's up to Jason Ferguson Uh, Jason Ferguson's a great guitarist as well Jason, where where are you at now? What city are you at um, now? Anyways, um, so that track that we played, Clear as Day, so that was a really beautiful track. Um, you've got an album release uh, show coming up here in Kansas City, so talk a little bit about that. That's Friday, this Friday, April 13th, at the Black Dolphin at 9 p.m., and I will have Roger Wilder with me and Bob Bowman and Matt Leifer. And so that's that'll be 9 to 12. We'll be playing a lot of the songs off the album as well as a lot of surprises. Very cool. Uh, hey, Chris White, thank you for tuning in. Uh, so this is Jeff Shirley, guys, uh, great jazz guitarist. He's uh, very passionate about music and the guitar. Um, as far as guitar goes, like what uh, what equipment are you using now for those people who are into equipment? Oh yeah, yes, I've been playing uh, my Gibson three thirty five and uh, my uh, Diakisto, and um, I like to go through my Fender Hot Rod Deluxe or my Polytone amp. And sometimes I like to sweeten it up a little bit, go maybe through a little bit of chorus, maybe a little bit of a distortion, like a tube screamer or, okay. or a rat distortion, and uh, and maybe just a touch of reverb or delay if it's appropriate, depending on the on the context. There's so many different styles of guitar music out there, and sometimes I want that big, you know, a little bit of delay, a little bit of reverb, kind of a modern modern sound and sometimes i want a drier um small room sound so i really uh i'm you know try to be a chameleon of sorts and i can kind of put my guitar into a number of different um scenarios so what like a guitarist like this this is just for me (laughs) so a guitarist like kurt rosenwinkel for instance like what like because his when i remember first hearing him his sound was like super different for what you consider jazz mm-hmm. guitar yeah so like what is he using like not just like is he using like a ton of reverb or course or what a is little he... bit you know i think it's i think he would probably say just a little bit enough to get the sound but without overdoing it it's a real fine line 
but just enough to where it's barely noticeable. But yeah, you can hear those little delay trails yeah. sometimes after he uh, hits hits a note, and we've heard that on other instruments as well. But it's it's a great sound, and it's just interesting that certain things are idiomatic to the guitar. Like in jazz guitar, a lot of times we think about thick strings and just a, a mellow tone, but and like a bending of a string might sound bad a lot of times in that scenario, right? But like think about a sax player or, or trombone, you know, you hear bending. Bending is more natural, so there's certain things that are more uh, commonly done, and you know it's it's fun to go uh, to do the th you know things that are commonly done, but then to go against that sometimes. But yeah, I think, uh, and he might even have a, t a touch of distortion on there sometimes, mm -hmm. to give him a little bit more sustain. But yeah, real cool chamber chamber sound. Right. I mean, I you know I I like that sound too, but like a uh, like Peter Bernstein like. I think he has like a great like if you're like playing like a standards gig on guitar, mm -hmm. I think like his sound yeah. is you know. Yeah, the guitar you're playing is gonna bring out different things uh from you. Mm -hmm. And and the sound of the room is gonna bring out different things. You know, every room sounds a little bit different. The strings that you've got on there, every little thing is gonna you know, who you're playing with, just gonna bring it out, you know, bring out different things. So, um Think about the style that you want to achieve. Think about the sound you want to achieve, and then work backwards from there. Think about what guitar might be best for that, what sound, and uh, and have fun with it. Cool. All right, guys, this is Jeff Shirley, and this is episode 12 of the Ask a Jazz Dude show. We're still going strong, 12 episodes. <laughs> so Congratulations, uh, man. This is so great. Uh, I'm so excited about this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so we're talking about jazz guitar, KC jazz scene, uh, his new CD, uh, Point of the Story. And he's got a release coming up at the Black Dolphin, April 13th, 9 p.m. That's on 18th and Grand, right next to the Green Lady Lounge. Um, you can get his uh, record. Oh, yeah, let me put the link up. I forgot to do that. There's also a link to iTunes here I'm going to put up. So that you guys, if you want to go check it out on iTunes, if you can't make it to the CD release, maybe. Here we go. It went away. Why did it do that? Let's see if I can. There we go. Now it's there. All right. Cool. So there's a link for the album. Um, if you don't click on the link, you can just always go in and type uh, Jeff Shirley. Point of, point of the story you know come right up um thank you guys for tuning oh what's up mike warren great drummer here in kc mike good to see you on here um he just had a, a great show at the uh hush on broadway which sorry i couldn't make it man but uh i'm sure you killed it all right so we're talking about the uh kansas city jazz scene so going back to 2005 when you came back uh from north texas what is the scene like now, and where do you see the Kansas City jazz scene going? Mm. I think there's there's even more great clubs than uh, there used to be. There's there's great education, and great um, there's great young players and great veterans, and um, I think you know with with things like this, with uh, video podcasts and and radio. Uh, there's a lot of great things uh, ahead for us, and 
uh, let's use the social media to, to help keep us together. You know, I think one of the there's so many great musicians locally. The hard thing is um, keeping track of them. It's hard enough to keep track of the people you know and and love. Uh, but you know, the new there's always new people coming into town. There's there's new people to meet and know, and so. Um, the challenge is to see all of your favorite people and, and to play with them and to hear them. That's yeah. so that's hard sometimes. It's it's really tough, you know. It's it's like there's so many musicians that like are good here that you know I don't get to ch chance to play with. Even like Mike, like we play uh, we play some gigs together, but I haven't had the pleasure of having him on one of my gigs yet. So it's like it's just really tough uh, to keep you know like so many great musicians. But I think the Facebook visibility and the, the uh, social media visibility will help that. It's like people just need to, like, see you, you know what I mean? To like, mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the analogy of, like, Pepsi and Coke still run commercials, right? Like, everyone knows what Coke yes. and Pepsi is. But it's like, you know, they basically want you to think of when you're thirsty, you know, drink Coke or Pepsi or whatever. It's not like awareness. So I think for musicians, it's the same thing. Like when you're out on the scene and showing up at jam sessions and other people's gigs, people yeah. start to call you for more gigs because yes. they see you. You know what I mean? So it's just kind yes. of an uh, interesting and thing. Even when you think you're screaming from the rooftops, there's still people that aren't hearing that message, you know. So just continue continue to get your message out there. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so one of the reasons why I started this show is just for community of uh, showcasing different uh, people in the Kansas City area and even beyond Kansas City like uh, we have the capability to Skype in calls so um, we can you know we can interview someone in Europe you know, oh, yes. or whatever so you know possibilities are endless um, so you know we're just trying to create a community showcase some people uh, some interaction um, and that's it my God, yeah, man, let's make that happen. We will, man. <laughs> All right. What's up, uh, Ryan Heinlein? Uh, Ryan Heinlein's a great jazz trombonist educator dude. And uh, he is uh, he just released his album, Every Day, called Every Day Forever. And uh, it's by his group, Project H. And he was actually on episode nine, I think it was. He was a guest on the show. So good to see you, Ryan, on here. Um, hey Ryan, how did that uh, CD release in Wichita go? Um, anyways, so this is Jeff Shirley. We got a few. We got four minutes, man. So what? Can, what? Uh, got anything great. else you want to talk well, about? You mentioned Wichita, and that's so cool to be able to utilize also the cities around us. And uh, I hear about people taking little mini tours mm -hmm. and things like that. And that's something I'm very interested in doing. Uh, so if anyone ever wants to do that, I'm I'm all on board. So I think that's you know uh, we've got a great thing in here in Kansas City, and let's continue to 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 bring it to other cities. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. You gotta. There's a the first the first show we did was Eddie Moore, and there was a lot of great information on how to tour uh, with a band. Eddie's actually on tour right now. He's doing like a little mini Houston, tour of Houston, like Southwest uh, tour. So, you know, it's it's really important. And that's something I'm going to really focus on this year is, um, you know, building building a base, first of all, in Kansas City. I'm not from Kansas City. I've only been here, you know, four years. And the majority of the time I've been on the road with Janelle and Monet. So it's like, it's, you know, 
I was the first two years I was like barely here, so mm-hmm. no one even knew I lived here, you know. So, um, you know, first of all, building and following here, you know, with my group, with the big bands, uh, brass and bougie thing, I'm really um, focused on that. I think it's got, you know, potential to reach a lot of people um, that might not even be into jazz. Good. So, and then, you know, going regionally, you know, going out here in Des Moines, Omaha, you know, KC, come back, you know, go southwest, go east coast, go west coast, go north, you know, just do those and try to get those at least two to three times a year, you know. Um, that's the way that you can build a, you know, a national uh, following for yourself. So, yes. many tours, they work, you know, it's just like, are people willing to put in the work to make that happen? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a tour manager, but most people probably don't get that luxury. No. You know, but you have to be your own tour manager, too. Yep. Uh, but I wanted to mention that uh, I wanted to invite you and anyone else to come out to YJ's every Sunday from 7 to 10. That's a jam session. Oh, cool. And we'd love to have you. And uh, that's with Brian Hicks, Alyssa Murray, and Matt Leifer. And there's a really good meal Sunday night. It's a feta feast. Cool. And uh, so come out to that. And um, also the foundation. I'll be at the foundation coming up a little bit in the ship uh, May May 30th. And, um, yeah, Black Dolphin this Friday, 9 p.m. And uh, check out the CD. Could I uh, show the CD one more time? Yeah, man. Do it. Do it up. There we go. Hopefully it'll Point focus. Of the story. There we go. Oh, it was focusing. There it is. Thank all you right, all. Jeff Shirley. Point of the story. Go pick it up um, at the Black Dolphin on April 30th. If you're more 30th. of a uh, sorry, wow, you said May 30th uh, for the ship. Yes. Yeah. April 13th at the Black Dolphin, or you can find it on that link that I posted on um, iTunes, and it's also on Spotify, CD Baby. And Amazon Music, uh, continue to support great musicians like Jeff. Uh, this has been episode 12 of the Ask a Jazz Dude show. We're still going strong. We won't be stopped. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can find Jeff on social medias at uh, Jeff Shirley Jazz. Thank you for K- KFI for partnering with us. You can find them at kkfi.org. Please tune in right this second on KKFI.org to Sam Wiseman's show, Jazz in the Afternoon. It's a great show. Um, We'll see you guys next time. Squad.